Welcome to High Time Start Crimes. I'm Chris. And I'm Nat. And today we're going to get into some pretty ugly stories about human trafficking and the sex trade. If you're sensitive to these kinds of abusive situations, I would very strongly suggest listening to another episode. We're going to go ahead and disclose the warnings, but first, our goal with this episode isn't just to make jokes like we normally do, but to kind of call attention to just how prevalent this trade is, even in our own communities. So, so not just overseas. Nope, this is, this is around the corner, guys. This is happening here and now. Trigger warnings include rape, kidnapping, human trafficking, slavery, child abuse, child rape, drugs, and physical abuse. The definition of slave is a person legally owned by another and having no freedom of action or right to property, a person who is forced to work for another against their will, a person under the domination of another or some habit or influence, such as drugs, a person who works in harsh conditions for low pay. So... We wrote this kind of at an interesting time. Obviously, Minneapolis has been in the news a lot for a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> the body parts being one of them. Yeah, yeah. Those I'm body exce- parts that they found on the river. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. But it's all the same person, which is even more bonkers. Yeah. And also the woman who had her head chopped off with a machete and shot <laughs> What the freak, man? There's so much. Oh. So much going on here. Um, but since we're focusing on human trafficking today and the sex trade, the, the news that just came in, and we're recording a week early, so we don't have a whole lot of information now um, on this case. Um, but from justice.gov, a Minneapolis man has been arrested and indicted on federal sex trafficking charges for a allegedly recruiting six minor victims to engage in commercial sex acts. Um, And this uh, was announced by the acting United States attorney, W. Anders Folk. Now, a federal grand jury in Minnesota has indicted Republican political operative. I just don't want to separate Democrats from Republicans here and put the blame on them. But (laughs) this guy has had his picture with Trump and with a whole bunch of other different Republicans who have detrimental views to society. I don't want to say that it's all Republicans, but it's the the bad Republicans. So this is in our backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Anton J. Lazaro. According to court documents from May 2020 through December 2020, Anton Joseph Lazaro, or he's also known as Tony Lazaro, who's just 30 years old, by the way. <sighs> conspired with others to recruit and solicit six minor victims to engage in commercial sex acts. Lazaro, who has been taken into custody earlier um, by FBI agents, made his initial appearance in the U.S. District Court before Magistrate Drug Judge Becky Thorson. The indictment charges Lazaro with one count of conspiracy to commit sex trafficking of minors, five counts of sex trafficking of minors, one count of attempted sex trafficking of a minor, and three counts of obstruction. Uh, Lazaro re- will remain in custody pending a formal detention hearing on on August 16th, 2021. Obviously, we're recording 
before here. Yeah. Before this. Yeah. Um, so we'll have more information for you next episode. Based on the evidence obtained in this investigation, authorities believe that there may be an additional victim or victims of the alleged conduct. Um, anyone with information about this matter is encouraged to call the FBI Minneapolis Division at 763-569-8000. And with everybody that we know in the Twin Cities and hopefully we're able to get out to you, if you have information, we're definitely encouraging you to call the FBI yeah. and tell them your story. Yeah. Um, Please. Yeah. And since this is such a local case for us, um, and because most of our listeners are here in the Twin Cities area, um, we plan on following the story and giving you updates on how you can help these victims, what the outcome is, protests, and more. Yeah. Because screw this crap. This cannot happen around us. It happens all over the world. But like, if we actively can prevent it around us, then why the hell aren't we? Yeah. Let's do it. We're going to stay local for the next case. Um, and this is something I don't want to say happened to me because I wasn't sex trafficked. But yeah. this is just part of my history, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Mm -hmm. So when I was a younger version of myself, and by younger, I mean like 10 years ago, probably, maybe. Ages are relevant. <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> Um, I was volunteering with an animal rescue, um, and I learned quite a bit about the res rescue process, met amazing humans, and some shitty ones too, mm -hmm. um, and I learned that I was liked by the veterinarian that owned the practice. Since the rescue was through the vet clinic, this was a good thing in my perspective. I understood it as being liked for my character, kindness, and willingness to help. Of course I was wrong, because I always am. Ow. <laughs> I've made poor life choices. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you know anything about animal rescues, then you know that there is no money making in it. There are always bills adding up, medications that are needed, spays and neuters that always need to be done. And then one of the days, one of the girls came up to me that worked at the clinic, who was also part of the rescue, and mentioned that there were a bunch of expired something or other, and maybe if I came in and wore a low-cut shirt and tried to look cute, the vet might just give it to us. Jesus, really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Was this the same vet that, like, was helping with the rescue, or? So, he owned the clinic, and there would be people that would inevitably, because it was a vet clinic, mistake it for a shelter, or drop pets off, or things like that. Yeah. So, eventually, someone somewhere, and I don't remember how it started, started a rescue through there. So, the rescue had kind of the same address. Oh, okay. If you will, as the clinic. Mm -hmm. um, and he would donate and do low-cost bays and neuters and things like that. Okay, okay. So he was a relatively good person in the eyes of the community. Yeah. he did help out a lot. Okay. So now I'm not below doing things like this. Now, if men are um, dumb enough for giving me things, for looking my best, that's on them. <laughs> Love and, it. And obviously, much later in life, I realized that I should have never perpetuated that behavior. But I had to save the puppies. You had to save the puppies. <sighs> oh, poor puppies. And honestly, I don't remember if I got anything out of it. But I completely forgot about this and just moved, moved on. My mom always said that old men are creeps. <laughs> and this just helped confirm her theory. Yay. As I slowly got to know more about Dr. Kirsten, the less comfortable I was with him. I heard stories about how he would lock himself in his office for extended periods of time and how employees would find porn on his computer at his desk. He eventually divorced his wife and beginning began spending time in China. I slowly parted ways to the clinic for other reasons, never again really giving him another thought. Dr. Kirsten kept being a creep 
and um, into his late 50s, he was getting his jollies through sex workers, something that is illegal in the state of Minnesota and Wisconsin. Kirsten didn't just use sex workers every once in a while. He began to become a repeat customer, especially for one woman, Shixing Zhang. Um, she was from China, and together they hatched a plan, one that involved Dr. Kirsten. Now, Kirsten and Zhang began meeting at the airport to pick up women from China. These women would be thrown into the quote-unquote massage industry. Ugh. And of course, by massage industry, I mean thrown into sex work um, without their consent. Ugh. The team would help transport women to hotels, and Kirsten would collect money for Zhang. Authorities found that he made several large money transfers to accounts in China, between ten and $20,000. Jesus. A lot of money. Jesus. Authorities say Kirsten Ugh. would give a cut of his profits to the New York madam for the women he transported from the East Coast to the Twin City hotels, and he advertised their services on Backpage.com. Because, <laughs> of course. This is just so ridiculous. According to court filings, a family member told Wisconsin law enforcement officials that Kirsten had been bringing young girls from China to work in massage parlors. Ugh. So, good on that person. Yeah. Way to tattle. Yeah. High fives. Yeah. Tattlers win in my book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so his full name, Ryan Lee Kirsten. He was 61 at the time of the trial. He pleaded guilty to two felony counts of engaged um, of engaging in sex trafficking of a person and aiding and abating labor trafficking. <laughs> Kirsten received prison sentence sentences of 48 and 53 months for each charge, respectively. His sentence will be served concurrently, meaning that he will serve prison time for both sentences at the same time. Mm, Just lame. Dumb. Lame. He should be in for much longer. I don't believe in concurrent sentences. Fuck I don't that. either. Fuck nope. that. You did both crimes. You deserve both times. Exactly. <laughs> I completely agree. Ugh. This case also marked the first labor trafficking conviction and sentencing in Minnesota. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yep. Holy shit, Chris. So, we are obviously <laughs> very good at our jobs here. That's horrible. No. Oh my gosh. Yep. Now, one of the scarier parts of the story that no one really goes into is that he was a well-established doctor. He owned his own veterinary clinic and was a valuable part of the community. He was 60 years old when he was caught. No one would think that he would ever do things like this because you never think like, oh, that guy's a creep. Yeah. He's bringing in women from China. Like, yeah, nobody like, would think that. No, he's just being nice. Yeah. Um, and in my opinion, the scariest part of this case was since he was a vet, he had access to any and all medications that are used in the veterinary world. Which is a lot, by the way. A BT lot. Dubs. He could have used those on an unwilling victim to sedate them. He could treat them with antibiotics for STIs. Um, he could even get them hooked on opioids if he'd wanted to. He had kennel space where he could have locked women up. He even had access to cremation services if he needed to get rid of a body. That is horrific. Also, a euthanasia solution if he wanted to euthanize somebody. Have we talked about our bonding experience with the body on the episodes yet oh i don't think so yeah because like cremating animals you can legit just there's a cremation service in our area that they won't check they'll just take the bag and they'll put it in the incinerator like they just won't no and so we chris and i <laughs> bonded over having to check ourselves before sending a body to a cremation service that was a horrid experience <laughs> It was horrific. It was a jellied body of a pit bull. It had been dead for weeks? Three weeks. Three weeks. 
legs. And we just had to make sure there wasn't a human body in there. It was in, like, a Tupperware bin. Ugh. 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 And it smelled so bad. And it was raining. (laughs) And it was jelly. The whole body had turned to jelly. And we just... We... I remember opening the bag and hoping we could just see something clear and it took us like a hot minute before we're like, oh, yep, that's a head. Let's close the bag. We're done. It was traumatic. Yeah, that was horrid. But the owner had died and his dying wish was that if his pet were to, or when his pet passed, that it be cremated and their ashes be spread together. Oh, I didn't know that. So there was a good part to it, that's at least. Cute. But the dog passed because nobody realized that the human passed. That's really sad. Yeah. That's why I got Elby. He'll eat your face when you die. I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Though I don't know if he did to his owner because he came in so emaciated. Did he come from a dead person? Yeah, he came from a dead person. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he had an old lady owner. And his neighbors said that they always heard him running back and forth in her house. (laughs) And she passed away and they heard him crying. Oh. I know. That's how I got my keycap. Oh, no. I know. He probably ate her face. Probably did. Now, ultimately, I don't have any idea what happened to some of these women. These are, of course, speculations, and I am in no way accusing him of doing these acts, but the thought of what he could have done is absolutely terrifying. I mean, access alone is a pretty good indicator of... Yeah. So, we're going to jump a little bit deeper into the whole sex trafficking trade now. I don't like calling it a trade. I don't know what else to call it. Industry is also a horrid word, but it exists and it's everywhere. It makes a lot of money. It makes a lot of money. I mean, people, well, we can think about it logically with what we talk about too, because murderers, what's the number one drive? Jealousy. Sex. (laughs) Jealousy. I don't know. A lot of the serial killers that are known are driven by sex. Yeah, that's very true. Mm -hmm. They get off by that murder juice. Ew. (laughs) Murder juice is lube. (laughs) Oh my god! I had to say it! (laughs) The United States Department of Justice defines human trafficking in general as, quote, a crime that involves exploiting a person for labor, services, or commercial sex. There are many different kinds of human trafficking, but the main ones are described by the Human Rights Commission as the following. Forced labor. Um, They give the example of a family gives up a child to an adoption agent in Nepal because they cannot afford to care for him or her. He or her is then, in turn, sold to a sweatshop owner who forces the child to learn to sew garments without pay for hours each day. The child receives minimal nutrition and does not attend school. And this is not something I've written. This is something from the Human Rights Commission. Sex trafficking. Uh, The example they put is two women from Korea are brought into San Francisco under the pretense that they will receive jobs as hostesses or waitresses. When they arrive, they are held captive and forced into sex work while their captor controls the money they receive. Debt bondage. A young woman from Russia has amassed grave credit card debt and is desperate to pay it off. A man who identifies himself as an employment agent offers her a job in the United States as a domestic employee. She arrives in, they use San Francisco again, so. (laughs) No. Don't know why that is. I love San Francisco. (sighs) She arrives in San Francisco with a valid visa, but it and her passport are taken from her. She is brought to a home where her movement is restricted. 
She is then told she must work as a housekeeper to pay off the cost of her travel or her family will be killed. Pretty dramatic. That is dramatic. Child sex trafficking. A 15-year-old boy runs away from his home in San Francisco. What the fuck is wrong with San Francisco? A 15-year-old boy runs away from his home in San Francisco to Oakland, where he lives on the streets. He is seduced by a pimp who coerces him into participating in a sex work ring and controls all the profits generated. This is a very common story. I hate that one. It's very common, though. You hear it a lot. It's on a lot of cop shows, like, in general. Mm -hmm. Like, the first 48 or any discovery... Basically, any discovery story yeah. that isn't involved a husband and his wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any serial killer. Ugh. They're like, I'm going to go ahead and get that sex worker. Additional, like, loosely based forms of trafficking include, or at least the ones that I wanted to add to this, um, is child laundering. This is a scheme whereby intercountry adoptions are affected by illegal and fraudulent means. It may involve the trafficking of children, the acquisition of children through monetary arrangements, deceit, or force. The children may be held in sham orphanage, while formal international adoption processes are used to send children to adoptive parents in another country. The next one that I really wanted to cover kind of were forced marriages. Um, this is likely a dowry paid for a woman um, or child to their family. In a book that I read, they give the example. Sultana tells of her own sister who, as a teenager, was forced to marry a middle-aged man who subjected her to such a brutal sexual sadism that she could no longer escape other than suicide. Oh my gosh. So. This is going to be a bad episode. You guys have been warned. This is your last chance to escape. And honestly, if you're if you're going forward with this, awesome. But no, this shit actually happens. We are not making this stuff up. Oh God, no. Yeah. Something really important I want to say to preface all of this is this is not sex work this is not sex work this is non-consensual sex work i would consider to be consensual if the person who is providing the service wants to do it and gets paid for it awesome good for you this is not that this is a complete non-consensual trap that many people both men and women especially vulnerable people get coerced into Usually the people that are dragged into sex trafficking are manipulated, be it through money or abuse, fear of poverty again, drugs. Vulnerable people are just easy targets. Once they are snatched up, then it's just more about manipulating them into staying through that abuse, through the drugs, through that fear. In 2018, over half of the criminal human trafficking cases active in the U.S. were sex trafficking cases involving only children. Jesus. The average age a teen enters the sex trade in the U.S. is 12 to 14 years old. How? I can't even imagine. No. Most of these victims were sexually abused as children and ended up running away because <laughs> what else are you going to do? And of course, when they run away, they become vulnerable. And what happens to vulnerable people, especially in impoverished areas or in America, because fuck us, they get trapped. Some of these children even came from the foster care system because if they get transferred into an abusive household after abusive household after abusive household where the hell else are they going to go but the streets because i'm not going back there no nope. human trafficking earns about 150 billion dollars a year globally with 99 billion of which coming from commercial sexual exploitation it's estimated that internationally there are between 20 million to 40 million people in modern slavery today. About 50,000 people are trafficked into the U.S. each year, most often from Mexico and the Philippines. 
Unfortunately, of course, as we talked about last episode, all these figures and numbers are estimated since the industry is super secretive and we just we just don't know. This is just a percentage guess. That's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a disclaimer before I really get into my stories. The names of the following stories, like the people, they've all been changed to protect the privacy of the victims. I don't give a fuck about the people who did the actual crimes, but they did protect their identity too in a lot of the articles that I found, so I did change their names to kind of follow the theme. But just know I would never do that. Fuck those guys. They deserve all the publicity and damnation. I fucking hate it. (laughs) Agreed. Uh, Our first case is a girl, not actually named, but named Tonya. Quote, he made me feel like I was doing it because I loved him. Tonya was only 13 when she met Eddie. She was living with her mother in Dallas, Texas, and knew Eddie through his stepdaughter. They were classmates. They would exchange casual flirtations here and there, but didn't go anywhere until Tonya decided to run away at age 15. She met Eddie at a bar, and the flirting escalated from there. What bar lives in a 15-year-old? I don't know! <laughs> Like, I look at 21-year-olds, and I'm like, get the fuck out. I know, but, I mean, I've never been to Texas. (laughs) Fair, I haven't either. (laughs) (laughs) Soon enough, she had a place to stay. Yay! All she had to do was cook and clean and care for Eddie's kids. Yes, he had kids. While he was away. He would wear her on his arm like a prize, and one day, at a party filled with drugs and alcohol, he approached her and stated, quote, I want you to have sex with this guy for money. If you love me, you'll do this. It's just one thing. Just try it. It took Tonya nearly an hour of conversating with Eddie to agree to his persistent demands. Yet this one thing turned into much more. It was almost routine for the following few weeks. New night, new bar, and Eddie would show her off like a prized animal looking for potential buyers. She thought she loved him. She thought he loved her. Eddie was finally arrested, but the toll on Tonya was harsh. Reliving it was harder. Quote, telling people publicly about what I'd been through made me feel more ashamed. And this is one of the biggest issues when it comes to trying to catch these people is because how they don't want to relive that shit. Like, no way. And they have to relive it over and over and over through the court system. Yeah. It's not just once and you're done. It's just constant reliving your trauma and facing your abuser Mm -hmm. victims of such horrid abuse don't want to have to relive it again and again and unfortunately just because that's how our court system works this is a necessity for putting these disgusting people behind bars another example i have is a girl we've named samantha she was only 12 homeless and vulnerable a perfect target for the sex slave industry Quote, when I first started working, I would have breakdowns in the middle of a session. I couldn't do it until finally I kind of just separated me and who I am when I'm working. Otherwise, I would go crazy. I would lose it. You numb your mind. Her trafficker made her feel like nothing. Her time was not hers and her body would never be again. She was only allowed about four hours of sleep and her trafficker trapped her with, with him using heroin and abuse. Quote, When we went out, I had to tell him my order to tell the waiter. I couldn't look at anybody. I had to look at him or the ground. And if you messed up in public, then you were going to be beaten as soon as you get back to the room. And he'd make sure nobody heard. He'd turn up the TV and turn on the shower. And if you cried or screamed or anything, then he would take you out of the room. And you never knew if death was going to be an option. You never knew. 
Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. I and, and the worst part is, like, especially if drugs get involved. We haven't talked about heroin yet, but it's it's it really is one of those drugs where, like, if you start, you can't stop. No. And that's the main, like, trapping device that these people love to use because they provide the goods. You'll feel better. It's okay. I'll give you this. And in exchange, you just work for me. Eric is my last one. Eric grew up in a small Midwestern town, and at the time, he was gay. And gay was not something you could bring up in casual conversation. Not in this small town. But his secrets got the better of him, and hiding himself led to drugs and alcohol. He was a high schooler at the time. And the fear of being found out pushed him to escape through the highs and the drunkenness. When he was found out, it was just as he expected. His parents insisted it was a phase and he could just choose to be different. He wanted to be normal, but we all know where that road leads. One month prior to his graduation, it was too much, and he ran away from home. In his position, penniless and alone, he turned to older men. Quote, The validation that I got from older men was just as good as any drug I could ingest. And that's just fucking sad, because that just shows how the lack of affirmation he got growing up really fed into the manipulation that these men could provide him. Mm -hmm. But good things never last. Despite the comfort that Eric found, he was desperate to feel understood. He explored dating apps and started talking to a man that seemed to understand. He was kind, and he lived in an open gay lifestyle, attending pride parties and all that. It was all he could ask for. And on top of that, the man promised to teach him how to do massage therapy so he could make a living, too. Oh, God. Yep. I hate this. Yep. The stranger paid for Eric's ticket to Chicago, and it was nothing like he imagined. Quote, I was told that I could do massage, but I could make much more money if I had sex with the clients. Yet still he felt he was in control. His trafficker pushed him into sexual encounter after encounter, traveling across the country with new clients. The money would mainly go to pay for travel and accommodations, while Eric only got enough for food. Quote, After one of the other guys introduced me to crystal meth, I became consumed. It was the only thing that could get me through this. I no longer had any respect for my body. My body was no longer my own. A piece of it belonged to every single man who violated it. When Eric became panicked in his hours of need, he was abandoned on the streets of California. Can't have a liability. No money, no food, nothing. Yet still, he just blamed himself, because what do you do? He was saved by some fucking rando on the street. This uh, absolute angel of a human being gave him a place to stay, food, and even IV fluids because he was that poorly emaciated and destroyed. Who has just IV fluids at home, by the way? He must have been some type of nurse or a doctor. I don't know. I still don't think that you can bring home IV fluids. I don't know. That sounds sketch to me. (laughs) (laughs) This guy saved his life. He did take him to the hospital too so okay. maybe you got it from there <laughs> okay well i don't okay he's a saint we'll he's go a, with that he's a saint <laughs> he gave him a chance to go through a drug and alcohol rehab which he did because if he didn't then he'd be homeless again and that would suck so he did all this with this random fucking stranger and actually got out of it but not everyone can do that no they can't nope So, we're just going to very lightly hit on child laundering because at this point I was already ready to puke from the amount of things that I read. Yeah. Um, So, this is from 2020. Um, So, 
still, this happens. This is constantly happening, even in child laundering. Now, three women were charged in a 13-count indictment filed on August 14th, 2020 in the Northern District of Ohio for their alleged roles and schemes to corruptly and fraudulently procure adoptions of Ugandan and Polish children through bribing Ugandan officials and defrauding U.S. adoptive parents. And this is all from justice.gov again. These defendants are accused of orchestrating an alleged scheme that bribed Ugandan officials, defrauded the U.S., and manipulated parents inside and outside the country. The U.S. attorney, Justin Herdman of the Northern District of Ohio, was quoted as saying, As a result of this alleged conduct, prospective parents were deceived. Hundreds of thousands of dollars were misused, and innocent children were displaced from their homes. I just hate this whole thing. I hate this whole episode. The kids just get stolen. Yeah. Kids get stolen from their families and then are sold. Sold. Orphanages. And people like, I mean, the people who take them in, they don't know. The people think they're doing a good thing by adopting an orphan and spending like ten dollars to $14,000. Which is fucking bonkers. Which is actually not that much. I think it's more now, but. Is it? Jesus. They go on to say, these three defendants preyed on the emotions of parents those wanting the best for their child and those wishing to give what they thought was an orphan child a family to love. Um, This is said by special agent um, in charge Eric B. Smith of the FBI's Cleveland field office. These defendants allegedly lied to both sides of the adoption process and bribed Ugandan officials who were responsible for the welfare of the children. Parents Prospective parents and children were emotionally vested and were heartbroken when they learned of the selfishness and the greed in which these three engaged. The FBI will never cease in its efforts to protect the innocent and blah, 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 whatever. (laughs) Sure, FBI. Yeah, sure. So next, I really wanted to touch on harems because I think a lot of us think of them as something that was in the past. Yeah, like royal people and blah, blah, blah had harems. Yeah. So maybe you see in like a movie or two that had a king or a person of privilege who kept like a pavilion that held young, pretty girls that were there for the pleasure of the king um, or maybe even his friends. (laughs) What are you laughing at? I want a pavilion full of friends. (laughs) That makes sense. I also want a pavilion full of friends. As they're uh, eating grapes. Yes. Feeding, feeding each other grapes. grapes. I want grapes. And they're in like wonderful clothing. Oh my gosh. And then, of course, the men come in and they're like, hey, which lady am I taking? And the ladies are all really seductive and gorgeous. It's like, Ugh. oh, honey, I'll take you home tonight. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they weren't happy. They were slaves. Ugh. And And movies suck. Movies suck. They're wrong. Movies are wrong. They're so wrong. Another point that I want to make in this is of Unix. Um, I think a lot of us know about Unix from various points in history, but a lot of us know him from Game of Thrones. Oh, I have never seen Game of Thrones, but I know Unix from the Bible. <laughs> Thanks, God. <laughs> it's not his fault. <laughs> God didn't turn to the earth and be like, therefore I decree there be Unix. <laughs> God. No, people are just fucking terrible. They are terrible. all the cusses. I'm just really passionate right now. Now, the Ottomans adopted the practice of keeping eunuchs um, or castrated slaves. And if you don't know what a eunuch is, they are missing all three members, their penis and both balls. They were cut off. 
I'm not going to go into the process of how they were cut off and what they had to go through because it's awful. Maybe not today. Not today. <laughs> We've got plenty of awful stuff to cover. Now, like I said, the, the Ottomans adopted this practice by the Byzantines. Part of the reason the Ottomans preferred eunuchs when choosing guards for their harems was because there was little chance of them forming romantic relationships with women in the harem, but eunuchs were also incapable of fathering children, and the sultans assumed that men who couldn't have a dynasty of their own would be more likely to give their total allegiance to their master. The eunuchs in the harem served as advisors, military commanders, and if necessary, executioners. And, you know, it does make sense. If I'm going to stand looking at it as if it's a historical event and not happening today, I don't want randos fucking my women. Those are my women. I mean, maybe it's still carried out today. I'm assuming it's still carried out somewhere. Yeah. Um, But this is like 100 years ago-ish, 75 years-ish ago, sometime in there. I can take a breath, but regardless what we have learned from any of our research within the red market is that you can't trust it not happening. Yep. Now, a book series that really woke me up to women's issues, I read this in high school, was The Princess Trilogy um, by Jean Sasson. I will never forget what I learned from these books, and I will never forget the amount of true torture that happens around the world, especially to women. In the third novel of the series, Sultana, or that's what we're going to call her in this series, she is a princess from Saudi Arabia. She was able to tell her horrific stories of abuse and finds out about a harem that is being kept at her cousin's estate. And she attempts to free the women, but unfortunately she fails. She recalls some of the stories of the girls that were there. One of the girls was from Thailand and her parents had sold her to this man. Another girl was taken from a small village north of Bangkok and her brother received a large sum of American dollars for her. One girl had been hired to work as a maid, um, which was clearly a lie. Ugh, another common freaking ruse. One woman was employed as a seamstress during the day and was a sex slave at night. She had been sold three times before being sold to the man that we're going to call Fidel. Ugh. And then the most shocking, this book was written in 2002. Ah! So the next story really shakes me to my core. Um, The young woman said... I am from a large family in Laos. My family was starving. So when two men from Bangkok offered money um, to take me with them, my parents had no choice. I was chained together with three other girls from my village and we were taken to Bangkok. We were unloaded at a large warehouse. Then we were forced to stand naked on a platform before a room filled with men. We were sold at auction. The two other girls were purchased by a brothel owner and I was bought by a man representing Arabs, and that is how I came to be. Yeah, that's just a lot, and this is still going on. They romanticize this. What? Yeah. So I've read, actually, there was a game I played, uh, an Otome game. Do you know what an Otome game is? Of course I don't. Okay, so it's like a digital graphic novel game where it's like choose your own adventure, and you're like, the protagonist is some type of like girl and blah 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 and there's one of them that i have where she's in one of these auctions like sold to rich assholes and all your romance options are just fucking they're all within the black market type people it's a horrible horrible game mostly just because the writing is terrible it's really not well written at all but they romanticize it i mean i'm sure it's mostly because they don't think it actually happens oh it definitely does 
Definitely does. Um, now, Sultana was able to save the 88-year-old eunuch that had been watching over the women of the estate since he was 14 years old. <gasps> oh. The girl, the women were not. Ugh. I do have some parts in the book that I do want to read. Um, so it's not like people haven't tried to change things in Saudi Arabia. I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs from the book. This is uh, Sultana talking. She says, I sat silently fighting the irresistible force of our reality. I recalled clearly a time in the 1980s when Cory Aquino, the president of the Philippines, had made a diplomatic issue out of young Filipino girls being held to come here as maids to Saudi Arabia. But when they arrived, they were being forced to serve as sex slaves. Aquino had banned single Filipino women from traveling to Saudi Arabia. Now, Saudi Arabia's own King Fahad um, had become furious at this insulting restriction and reacted with a ban of his own, saying that all Filipinos, both male and female, would be forbidden from working in Saudi Arabia if President Aquino's ban was enforced. So, Aquino's brave attempt to protect her countrywomen was a failure for the economy of her country greatly depended on Filipino people working in the oil-rich lands of the Middle East and sending their money back to support their families. And so young uh, Filipino women hired as housemaids still serve as um, still serve men as sex slaves in addition to their household duties. So literally fuck men so hard right now. I have like no words. No words. Let's make a law to make this not happen. Actually, fuck your law. If you guys do this, then we're not going to let that happen. Because we have to have sex with your women. We have to have sex with your women. We can't get it normally. No. Ugh. They know who we are here. (laughs) God. (sighs) Law. Um, And also, one of the things that I didn't ever know um, was that in 1962... American President John F. Kennedy personally appealed to Faisal, um, who was then Prime Minister, to abolish slavery in Saudi Arabia. The Saudi Arabian government honored President Kennedy's request and purchased freedom for every slave in the country for a price of nearly 5,000 Saudi rials, reals, um, or $1,500 per head. Whoa. Many of these freed slaves remained in their ex owners' households, but they were free. Potentially because of President Kennedy. That is probably one of the reasons why Kennedy's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Damn! It would make sense, though. Yeah, we're going to go on to conspiracy theories. Oh, man, I'd love to. We should... I would love to cover some conspiracy theories. I I love conspiracy theories. (laughs) (laughs) But not the ridiculous ones. No, I love the ridiculous ones. I think they're hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So... Now we're going to step into child labor. 152 million children worldwide are victims of child labor. 48% of all victims of child labor are aged 5 to 11 years old. Most of these victims work in absolute heinous environments, some illegally, yet 46 countries do not have labor laws that protect kids 18 and under from dangerous work environments. That's like a fifth of the countries. Redonkulous. Nigeria, Pakistan, and Afghanistan have the highest number of child laborers, with wars, discrimination, poverty, and marginalization all being forces that push these children into labor. The U.S. Department of Labor has an actual list of products that currently use child or forced labor. 
You can look it up. It's really easy. Uh, we'll, of course, have links and everything and all that. I'm going to cover just some very basic and brief common products. Assume that everything I'm about to say is directly pulled from that website. Quote, There is evidence that children ages 5 to 17 are engaged in the production of baked goods in El Salvador. The survey estimates that 123... 2,259 children ages 5 to 17 perform hazardous child labor in El Salvador, including using dangerous tools, carrying heavy loads, working with chemicals, working long or night shifts, and being exposed to dust, smoke, or extreme heat or humidity. Approximately 9,737 of these children in hazardous child labor are engaged in the production of these baked goods. I like how they had approximately 9,737. Way to make me uh, say those numbers. Thanks. (laughs) There are reports that children from within the Ivory Coast, as well as migrant children from Benin, Burkina Faso, Guinea, Mali, Nigeria, and Togo are working under conditions of forced labor on Ivory Coast cocoa farms. Based on the most recent available estimates... And again, these are estimates from Tulane University. Over 4,000 children working in conditions of forced labor in the production of cocoa in the Ivory Coast. Some children are sold by their parents to traffickers. Some are kidnapped. Others migrate willingly but fall victim to traffickers who then sell them to recruiters or farmers where they end up in conditions of bonded labor. Some farmers buy the children and refuse to let them leave the farm until the debt of their purchase has been worked off. The children are frequently not paid for their work. Some of their wages are paid to the recruiter or trafficker. These children are held against their will on isolated farms, are locked in their living quarters at night, and are threatened and beaten if they attempt to escape. They are punished by their employers with physical abuse. They are forced to work long hours, including overtime, and are required to work even when they are sick. Some children are denied sufficient food by their traffickers and employers. Some children are forced to perform dangerous tasks, including, of course, carrying heavy loads, using machetes and sharp tools, and applying pesticides and fertilizers. And this occurs in the same way through the coffee industry as well. And again, this is, this is all direct quotes. From the U.S. Department of Labor. Like, I'm not, this isn't, uh, okay, I've got more. There are reports that children from Bolivia are forced to produce garments in informal workshops in the city of Buenos Aires and its surrounding municipalities. According to media outlets, NGOs, and the government officials, some children from Bolivia are victims of deceptive recruitment and trafficking with false promises of decent working conditions and fair wages. Once in Argentina, these children have restricted freedom of movement. Their identity and documents are confiscated. They live and work within locked factories, and they are too fearful to leave due to threats of imprisonment. Some end up in conditions of bonded labor, in debt for fees that were charged for transport to Argentina, and are prohibited from leaving their workplaces for years until the debts is paid through wage deductions. These children suffer physical and verbal abuse from their employers and are only given one meal per day. Some children are forced to work excessive hours up to 20 hours per day. And you can find similar tales told in Burma, Brazil, Bangladesh, China, India, Malaysia, Mexico, Thailand, Turkey, and Vietnam. It's a lot of countries. Yeah, it gets worse. There are reports that children are forced to produce sugarcane in Bolivia. Based on most recent available data from the ILO, it is estimated that almost a quarter of the migrants working in sugarcane harvest are children under the age of 14. 
of which many are working in conditions of forced labor. Many children work with their families under conditions of bonded labor. Entire families, including children, live in accommodations provided by their employer. This dependence on the employer increases their vulnerability to forced labor. The families receive little payment, if any, and lodging and food expenses are deducted from their paychecks quote-unquote paychecks. Some children inherit the debts of their parents if their parents pass away or stop working and remain bonded and able to be sold to a different employer. Other victims can also be found in Belize, Brazil, Burma, Cambodia, Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Guatemala, India, Kenya, Mexico, Pakistan, Paraguay, Philippines, Thailand, Uganda, Vietnam, and Zimbabwe. What the fuck? What the fuck? How the hell is this happening? This is fucking ridiculous. And we know about this. This is in our, the U.S. Department of Labor. This is listed in our Department of Labor. Fuck America. Let me tell you. <laughs> the only reason this type of labor goes on is because rich countries like America want it. It's cheap, it's easy, and thus it's profit. You wouldn't believe some of the stories that we could tell you after a bunch of documentaries and articles we've read about this garbage. Unfortunately, it's hard to discover if certain companies are actually using child labor since it's well hidden. Usually, the illegal child labor products are sold to another production company who then sells it to the bigwigs. This doesn't mean it's impossible to find out. However, it is difficult. You're like, okay. there's so many swear words in here. <laughs> I, got, I got really upset. <laughs> I got really upset. But a quick Google search will tell you all you really need to know because people smarter than I have already dug into the rich asshats who profit off of the abuse and deaths of children. So I'm about to put these companies on blast. <laughs> so sad. Uh, so prepare that tea for some spilling. The following companies knowingly use child labor to produce their products. Knowingly. They have been accused of this. They're in trials actively. They all know this. We're going to start with chocolate companies. <laughs> I hate it. Chocolate isn't safe. Leave it to corporations to fuck up all the good things we have. <laughs> they fuck everything up. So the main contenders that you probably heard of are Nestle, Mars, Cadbury, Kraft, and Hershey's. Damn it. <laughs> Doesn't Mars own Blue Pearl? Does Mars own? <gasps> Mars does own Blue Pearl. Blue Pearl is an emergency vet clinic in our area. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I so can't. basically these five companies own everything. 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 I should say in the food world. In, in the food the world. vet industry. I guess also <laughs> in the vet industry. This is rough. I guess it's kind of like the food world. Mm. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go to the clothing companies now. So I didn't think wearing the blood of labor children was in these days, but the more you know... These oh are some God. companies that are still using child labor within their clothing lines. H&M, Forever 21, Gap, Nike, Urban Outfitters, Adidas, Victoria's Secret, and Aeropostale are just some. Some! I, didn't, I haven't included all of them because I didn't know what they were and I felt I wasn't giving an educated verbiage for them. But I know all of these. What? And they've all been accused of this. All of them. All of them have been accused of child labor and producing child labor. And a lot of these companies, their responses are, oh, we're looking into it. Don't you worry. They're not looking They're into not it. They're not looking into it. They're if they looking in for, ch for cheaper <laughs> options. I guarantee it. There is, I know that I told you about the documentary, um, a really, really good documentary about the clothing industry. And I forgot what it's on. <laughs> 
Netflix probably about the clothing industry in Bangladesh and how that's the cheapest way to get things done Ugh. is to go through Bangladesh and the buildings are falling apart. They oh, had yeah. uh, the one building that caught fire and they locked their illegal was it the children? Yeah. Or, children um, and adults. I think it was a mix. Yeah. Lock them in the top floor or close to the top floor and let them all burn to death. There was like over a hundred. They didn't want to get caught for using forced labor. Um, there was another one that was in the news just a few years ago about how the building was so full of people doing forced labor that it collapsed. And again, a numerous amount of people died. Why are lives, why do they mean so little to these people? I don't understand. I can't imagine locking someone in a building <laughs> to burn to death, which is a horrific way to die. How do you live with that on your conscience? Yeah. Well, I didn't want to get caught. Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the cusses. I'm so mad. But it's about how the clothing industry has changed so much that we just buy garbage and throw it away instead of buying nice clothes that we can keep using forever because we have to be constantly updating our wardrobe. Like H&M and Forever 21. Their clothes are garbage. I like my stuff from Forever 21. <laughs> well, not all of it, but like especially H&M. Some of the stuff that I bought there oh, yeah. like just falls apart in two seconds. Yeah, no way. Yeah, I'm... I- like these a lot of these companies their prices are freaking up there they're not yeah. even worth it victoria's secret is expensive oh my gosh and urban outfitters oh my god yeah really because i can't afford jeans from there at all no <laughs> so there's one more party list that i need to go through uh, i hate this the most i hate this this is really fucking sad You'd figure at least some of these rich assholes actually gave a shit, but they don't. They don't. Again, this is knowingly, they've been accused of this. Here are some guilty parties. Apple. Walmart. Target. Target, you're hurting me so much right now. I would do those three targets. You've got nice stuff. Be better. Microsoft. Disney. Yes, Disney. Well, they're the Disney. racist, so I already figured. They're a- absolutely terrible about all of their employees, too. Pixar's yeah. wonderful. Disney's oh. terrible. Pixar has good movies. Pixar's Monsters, Inc. was my favorite. I freaking love Pixar. Coco mm-hmm. ruins me. I can't watch Coco. I don't like to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Morris, which is a cigarette company? Yep. I had to include that. I don't smoke, but I know the name. <laughs> It's a big name. It's a big name. Yeah. And then uh, Toys R Us or Toys R whatever the other ones are. Babies R Us. Yeah. But I think those are all closing down now, so. Yeah, fuck you guys. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Sucks to suck. So maybe one day we can do an exposed episode or episodes of all these shit lords. I apologize for my cussing so much. (laughs) It's just so disgusting. So I'm just, this is my challenge and I'm going to be following it because I can't, not with knowing all this stuff. I'm going to implore you all, do not purchase from these brands. I know it's awful. I love chocolate. I love Target. I love Hershey's. I love shopping. (laughs) But just as best you can, do not. I know things change. So if you're not sure, if you want to know for yourself, research your brands. Research the brands that you love or the brands that you use in general. So you have an educated opinion. So you are informed at what you're buying. Because a lot of these 
currently are in uh, like a limbo of court systems where we're trying to get evidence to convict and all this stuff and it's just not working because they're bigwigs. And also things I say could be outdated. So it's always good to just kind of inform yourself. Fair trade is always a better way to go if you're getting items from fair trade, but even they themselves have issues Mm -hmm. in making sure that they're not using any forced labor. Yeah. So as best you can, try to avoid them. They don't need your money anyway. No, they sure, they do not. They can fuck themselves. Yeah. Even if you continue to purchase, at least spread the word. Because like, regardless, this just isn't common knowledge. They just don't want us to know these things. Just don't let these rich assholes get even richer off the blood of literal freaking children. It sucks and it's sick and they all deserve better than that. They're also on another episode. Not this one because we just don't have time. No, we don't. There's a lot of things going on in London right now as well. Oh no, don't tell me that. I didn't know that. Have you told me that? Do I know that? I don't know. You don't know that. Damn it. But we're going to give ourselves a break. (laughs) We're going to have a fun episode about murder next. Yep. I just wrote like a bunch of charities down here that I was researching because I just, I can't end an episode (laughs) with such an intense tragedy. Like this is freaking happening and it's terrible so some of the uh charities i highly recommend the first one i'm actually going to push to the top is love 146 because it covers human trafficking in general child labor and sex slavery so really cool charity go look that up it's all about informing and saving there's a couple more common ones like fair girls unicef uh, freedom network usa global alliance against trafficking in women mouthful stop the traffic the Urban Justice Center Sex Workers Project, Global March Against Child Labor, Save the Children, and ACE. So look them up. Just try it. If you can, inform yourself, inform your friends, and donate where you can. Be it time, money, whatever you got, because this is, this is happening now. I hate this a lot. I don't even... Blah, I just can't even handle it. I, the worst part is it's even though we're done with the episode, pretty much it's, it's not over. Nope. I don't have anything good to say at this point. No. Thanks for listening. (laughs) I am very glad that we're done talking about this right now. Yeah. There was a lot of anxiety writing this episode. Uh, It's just, it's all intense and tears were shed and it's all terrible. And thank you guys for sticking through the whole episode. I can't imagine how hard it must have been. And, you know, it's important to keep this in the back of our minds. We can't walk away from this the same because that's not the point. Nothing's going to change. No. So just be mindful of who you're purchasing from, where they get their stuff from. Who you're getting your sex from. Yeah. Yeah. But if you guys want to talk to us about more of this stuff and want to start a conversation in general or want to promote your own charities or organizations that you trust and that you value, please let us know. Also, if you know something going on in the Twin Cities, like protests or meetings or things of that nature invite us we yeah go yeah yeah we're in the area we're in the vicinity mm-hmm. we're down to fight let's go i'm, I'm a good fighter freaking yeah i'm like 90 percent muscle let's go <laughs> i'm 90 percent ass but it's fine <laughs> has its benefits <laughs> i'm really good at sitting <laughs> oh 
You can still find us on Facebook at High Time Star Crimes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at HTDC underscore podcast. Hang out with us on TikTok at High Time Star Crimes. You can always email us at High Time Start Crimes at Gmail, especially if you want to share something that you don't want other people to know. I probably check the email the most. We're here for you, bro. Yup. We got you. And then become a patron. We have extra content for you. You can look us up at High Time Start Crimes, and I promise it's not as dark. <laughs> the Pedro Lopez case is pretty dark. Okay, but at least it's a murderer that's resolved. <laughs> We're putting a fun one on there next. Yes, I can't wait to do fun cases again. Fun episodes for the next month. Screw this. I hate everything. <laughs> I hate it. Oh. All right, we'll join us next time when... We talk about, I don't know, LSD or some shit. I don't know. I'll need a stiff drink after this, please, and thank you. Pirates and rum. Pirates and rum. <laughs> oh, okay, bye. Okay, bye.